Bottom of the fifth, Altuve on the first pitch. Long drive, deep left, headed for the Crawford boxes, and his second home run of the night. Well, that was a no-doubter. On the first one, plenty of doubt. Well, this one was not coming back from the point of contact. And the Yankees are down to their last out. Torres has a single and a double in four trips. And that is that. Presley closes it out. First time the Astros have ever swept the series from the Yankees. So the Mets with a back-to-back -back walks and then the ground ball have an opportunity. Outfield a step towards right, the opposite way against Rosario. Swing and a high fly ball to right center. Going back, Acuna to the track at the wall. It is gone. A home run. Ahmed Rosario with a three-run homer to put the Mets in front. From the fact you're one out away from a win. He struck him out, and the ball game is over. He went to the high heat. Diaz in 99 upstairs, strikes out Freddie Freeman, and the Mets take the opener from the Braves, 6-3. to three. And Bailey will get it ahead. The first overall selection in the 2019 NHL Draft belongs to the New Jersey Devils. You're listening to the Tri-State Sports Beat on Anchor FM. changings here on the tri-state sports be on anchor fm nick and joe back at it again and joe is in the power chair today. Oh, joe is in the power chair with the big microphone don't even have to hold his microphone anymore the only the only downside to it is is I all gotta, the work i gotta take the reins on this one all the work we'll see how this one plays out yeah i'm like a little experimenting on a yeah, we'll friday see. night and then uh if if it all works out Nick said he'll buy me a mic like his, which is nice. It's it's got a little arm. It's got a. I don't have to hold anything. Fake news. Nick's got Nick's got to hold hold the my old mic now. The old, the old blue yeti. The old. Uh... He said he's also going to get me a co power chair <laughs> if if I do well. Joe, take it away, Mister Power Chair. All right, so we're going to start game one of the Yankees Houston series. Oh God. So oh, obviously, obviously New York is away in Houston. Right, haven't been playing too well. Not not up to par for what Yankees fans and basically the whole baseball world was expecting for this year. Very very slow start. Um, Tanaka started started the game, six innings pitched, uh, three hits, one run, two walks, two walks, three strikeouts. So it didn't seem too bad in the beginning. They actually no, started really... playing pretty. They started out very well. Mm -hmm. um, they took an early lead in the third inning uh, off of Luke Voigt's single uh, single hit. Uh, they had three base. They had the bases loaded. Mm -hmm. uh, Urisol. I know I said that wrong. Urshela, uh, Gardner, Close and enough. Judge. He's not that important. Anyway. Two two walks, by the way. Yes, from Verlander. Yeah. Um, don't really expect that. No, not at all. No. Uh, so he hit in, he hit 
one run in, um, and after that, it was kind of downhill. Yeah. Started. Started downhill, anyway. Fourth inning comes around. Jose Altuve homers for a uh, a single run. He played out of his mind throughout the whole series. I think he hit four or five. I think it was four or five home runs in this series against the Yankees. So not great. Good so, for me. Good for me. I have him on my fantasy team, so I'm very happy about that. But <laughs> not, not not so good for me because I have Verlander. Tough. So it's tough. <laughs> it didn't really end well for me. But um, that was at the bottom of the fourth when they tied it up one one, and then mm-hmm. the Yankees go on. Aaron Judge hits a homer. It's my guy. Two one Yankees. Mm-hmm. Top of the sixth. Uh, love. LeMayhew. DJ LeMayhuge. Playing pretty playing pretty well for this season. Yeah, for I mean I expected a lot at this point I expected a little more out of him. But you also have to but remember right now not okay. not too many like of their star players, their starters are really everybody's hurt. Including he, now. He doesn't have anybody around him. Right. And, and that goes for anybody. That goes for Judge, that goes for Gardner. Right. Everybody's fa- they're falling like flies right now for the Yankees. Right, well, it's LeMahieu, only getting worse. Lemayhew hits a double, and then Clint Frazier comes up, singles on a a line drive to left field. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael Brantley, uh, fielder Michael Brantley, and uh, DJ Lemayhew is able to score. Mm-hmm. So at this point, it's looking good. Three one Yankees. Yeah. Then you get to the bottom of the seventh, and Robinson, uh, Robinson, Chirinos, Chirinos, Chirinos doubles, give, uh, pulling in uh, a single run, and then at the bottom of the, the eighth inning, uh, Carlos, Carlos Correa. Correa. So you're gonna to have to help me with. Names. I know that's, that's the only. It thing. all comes to the territory. I'm, I'm, I'm Carlos Correa doing all right. Uh, Carlos Correa singles on a soft ground ball mm-hmm. to the first baseman Greg Bird. Uh, Alex Bergman scores and Michael Brantley to the second, mm-hmm. and that ultimately gave the Astros four three victory. Not a good start for the series. No, it's. The bullpen, which has been hasn't been an issue as of late. The bullpen for the Yanks didn't help them in game one, didn't help them in game two, certainly didn't help them in game three. But Ottavino went one and a third, two hits, one run, one uh, one walk, four strikeouts, gave up a home run. And, and see, they, the Yankees pay him a lot of money to not do that, mm-hmm. obviously. But again, it's early in the season. I'm not too concerned about it. Like I said last week, I'll be happy if they win one game in Houston. They got swept. I kind of expected that at the state of the Yankees that they are right now. First time they got swept ever by the Houston. Everybody, ever first time ever by the Astros. But not um, great. Going back to your whole bullpen thing, mm. Britain didn't play very well either. He played no, not through this whole series. Not even a whole inning, no. and he let up two hits, two runs. Yeah. So, uh, again, like I just said, you pay these guys the money that they get paid, and I don't know. I'm frustrated at the state of this Yankees team right now, but 
I'm telling you. I, I feel think... like it'll only get better because guys are going to be coming back. CC's coming back on Saturday when they play the White Sox, who they're playing right now. Mm. So, I mean, help is on the way. But unfortunately, you know, we got the news that Gary Sanchez went down today, which we'll get to later. Um, yeah, I'm not very... Not too pleased. Not too pleased, to say the least. And I, I'm sure that's that goes for all Yankees fans. Yeah. Um, including myself, because I'm a newly newly bred Yankee fan. Yeah, actually watching and, baseball now? Yeah. and I It's mean, impressive, got to say. Well, I thought you'd never do it. It's impressive, but it's kind of de- depressing to me because every hey. team that I root for, I was thinking that uh, being a Yankees fan, I was going to get some wins under my belt. Not maybe it's your fault. I don't know. I think it is. Maybe. I don't know. Like I said, maybe I'll maybe I'll be a Yankees fan, uh, Mets fan. So let's move on to game two. <laughs> game two. Jonathan Loisica, of course, with the status of the Yankees starting um, starting rotation. He's at the bottom. Very, you know, at the bottom. He's not he's not the ideal starter. He goes he goes three innings, four hits, two uh, two runs. Two walks, five Ks, gave up a home run. The whole story of Game Two, again, the bull, like the bullpen. I cannot say this enough. The bullpen was the, the bullpen wasn't an issue mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago, but the Yankees, you know, obviously they were still losing games. And the thing, but and the thing that we talked about earlier in well, earlier earlier in the year mm-hmm. was how the Yankees have depth and how everybody says this was on paper, the best bullpen in in major league baseball. They're being exposed by, by teams that they shouldn't be exposed by. Like Chad green comes in in game two pitches, two thirds, two hits, three runs, two walks. Like again, he's supposed to be one of the best relievers in the game right now on a load on apparently loaded bullpen. If you know, you can't, you can't, you can't think if you're a Yankee fan, oh, it's great that we're beating the Orioles. We should beat the Orioles. Yeah. But competition like Houston, you're gonna you might have a chance of going up against them in the playoffs. This is a team you're gonna be facing in the postseason. Now do you think now do you think this is because of the injuries? Maybe it's, it's oh, putting it, a damper absolutely. on maybe it's just putting a damper on some of the guys' mood. I mean, it absolutely plays a factor, but the bullpen's not that hurt. The starting pitching's more hurt than anything. Mm-hmm. You have no Severino, you know. Um I mean, I feel like the pitcher is is the quarterback of baseball team, right? So, like, but, if you're if you're not using your starting your starting pitcher, the other teams could could do a lot of damage, right? But it's also on the other side of the coin too, where the you know the Yankees just aren't hitting enough. Mm-hmm. Aaron Judge hasn't been doing what he's capable of. Again, early in the season, I'm not concerned about Judge. Do I still think he's going to hit forty something home runs this year? Absolutely. But Clint Frazier was an upside in the last series against Baltimore. And then against Houston, in game two, he goes 0 for 4 with two strikeouts. And not to mention that he had two balls right in his glove and dropped them, could not make plays, which ended up being runs for the Astros, which ended up giving them runs, which ended up being their ultimate demise. But again, we don't even have to talk about game two, game three, except game three, that Paxson was just terrible. Again, the guy that you trade for from Seattle, and he's just terrible. Yeah, four innings, eight hits, five runs. Like the five strikeouts don't even matter at that point. Yeah, and to, and gave up two home runs. But and then Tommy Canely comes in, who just has not been good since going back to last season. Um, 
Britain as well. Game one, he was bad. Game three, he was maybe even worse. Gave up, well, not really. He gave up three hits and gave up a run. But the same situation, game three, Gardner goes one for five. Judge goes one for yep. four. Voigt goes one for five. LeMay, he had a great day. He, had three, he went three for three with two RBIs. Frazier, 0 for 3. After the series he had against Baltimore, you know, I expected him to play a little bit better, but I understand he's a young player. He's going to hit his slumps. I mean, it it could have simply been that it just got to his head. Yeah. But when you're in the when you're in any professional sporting competition, right. event, game, whatever, and you're being paid this much, you can't you can't let things like that get to your head. Yeah. I'm not saying that's exactly what happened, but like it it looks like it and it looks mm, bad. Yeah. But of course, let's talk about what happened with Gary Sanchez today. On the injured reserve on the injured list, a, mm. a left calf strain. You know, he didn't play in game three because he was, you know, he had tightness in his in his legs. That's been a thing in the past for Gary. It's never held him out and forced him to go on the IL, but all of a sudden here we are when yeah. the Yankees are are almost looking like a triple A ball club right now besides Judge and maybe even Luke Voigt but I, w- I I really wouldn't even say put Judge in that in a category of being looking like a major league player because he's not playing well, to the standard that everybody holds him to. Well, he's not really even playing to a standard that is an average ball player. We right. know we know what he's capable of. Right, but again, you got to take it you got to take it into account. It's the beginning of the year. You're right. I know series right. I know this series is not like we're going to look back on this series and go, "Oh, remember, you know, when the Yankees got swept by Houston, yeah. you know, that's going to seem like it's a long time ago." But I'm not, you know, I'm not concerned about Judge. I'm concerned about what I, here's things I'm concerned about the bullpen for one. Mhm. Um, a lot of Yankee fans want to complain about Gardner leading off because he's just he's just not having a great year thus far. Gardner's the least of our problems right now. I think Clint Frazier should get like a little more love. Yeah, even well, though he's not hitting right now. We'll it, see. That's what I'm trying to get at. Like they're putting a lot of the blame on on Gardner and and everybody else, but right. Judge is playing at that same level right now. Right. They're there as a team. They're playing at exactly. So you can't place blame here. You can't place blame right. there. You it it you're not playing well as a team. The Yankee fans they want like other Yankee fans that I hear all the time on Twitter and all that stuff. They say, "Oh, Gardner's the issue. Gardner's the problem." I go, "Yeah, Gardner got off to a very slow start, but it's not like he's Chris Davis." Yeah, Chris Davis went oh he's oh for forty seven going back to last year. Like he can't like he's not that bad. Very good defender. Very good defensively in the field. He's very fast, mm-hmm. but. I like. Uh, you want to see some upside? DJ LeMay, who's playing very well. You know he's not hitting home runs. You know, but he's getting on base. He's getting runs batted in for this team when they need it. Uh, Luke Voigt, the whole Luke Voigt, Greg Bird thing. I really just think the the Yankees should should just send down Bird already. Like I know you want to keep him for your defensive like defensive purposes. Mm-hmm. He's a very good defensive first baseman. The bat is just not there. I see no use for Greg Bird. I mean, game one he went zero for four, four strikeouts. Like you cannot have that in your lineup. And I think at can't this afford point, to have it at this point. I think at this point, um, as a new manager of such a big ball club, I think Boone just has to do something to show these guys: look, 
this is the way things are going to be. If you're not going to perform to the standard that you're held to, you're going to be put in the minors. See, I never, I never wanted Joe Girardi to be fired or let and go. I, I agree. I don't like. I mean, Aaron Boone was a decent player at best for the Yankees when he played. I mean, he hit the he hit the home run to send the Yankees to the World Series in 2000, 2003, 2004, I think. But as a manager, he just doesn't. He, the what he says to the media is just the same stuff every night. Mm-hmm. The. Uh, what he does putting players like Mike Talkman in the lineup and you know Tyler Wade I don't like Tyler Wade's not playing he's barely playing but he's not playing well but I don't know I I'm not a big fan of Boone I think he overuses the bullpen a little too much especially in this case like Tanaka pitched a great game one yeah Loisaka was bad yes Paxton was bad you have those days but Tanaka went six innings, and then you bring in Britton and Ottavino, and you pay Ottavino's their big free agent signing in the mm-hmm. in the bullpen this year, and he doesn't get it done against Houston. I'm con- I would be concerned about Ottavino going forward, not not you know in the immediate future, not for the whole entire season. Obviously, we're we're more than ten games in, we're twelve games in. I think I'm I'm not worried about this Yankees team. I'm not panicking, but like I said, I knew like winning one game in Houston would be great. Yeah. But as we're watching right now, they're losing to the White Sox seven to five after having a four two right lead after having a four two lead against a White Sox team who is three and eight and is not even in the same category as the Yankees. But hey, what are you gonna do? Again, it's the beginning of the season. Yeah. Uh, coming up, mentioned three game set versus the White Sox. Game one is obviously tonight. We're watching it. Um. And then they have a two-game set against the Red Sox, mm. which aren't playing well either. No. They're actually but, playing worse than the Yankees right now, which is surprising. But So, toss-up there. And then after the Red Sox two-game set, they have a four-game set against at home against the Royals. I will be there for the first game. Is it the first game? Look on the calendar right there. Um, no, I think it's the last game maybe Sunday on, on Easter Sunday. Sunday last game last game all right so still be at a game I'm as I said I'm I'm not too concerned it's again the beginning of the year the Yankees just need to get healthy they need Hicks they need Stanton back they need they need Severino back he's not gonna be back for a while though Gary Sanchez I don't think he's gonna be on the the IL for too long they need their guys back, and once they do, I think they'll be in good shape, and they'll start being the Yankees again, but right now, they're just a shadow of what they are. Well said, co-host. Mm. Thank you. This is weird being in your chair and holding your microphone. It is a little weird. And not talking as much, but even though I'm still talking. We're going to take a break real quick. We'll get Nick a little more comfortable. Um, <laughs> and then, a little more And then when we come back, we're going to talk about the... the uh, New York Metropolitans. New York Metropolitans playing very well awesome. baseball this year. Awesome. Very well. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Tri-State Sports Beat. Nick's making fun of me, but it's all good. <laughs> I can't help Move it. it. I'm sorry. I still I still talk too much even though I'm in you the, do. I'm in the coach. But here. you know what? It's hard to it's, switch roles for a day. It's all right. It's all good. Yeah. All right. We we actually talked about uh how 
he always tells me to wrap it up at the yeah. very end of every episode. And I just for some weird him, reason he always ends up wrapping it up after I wrap it up. Listen, when it comes to my show, so I'm, I am a control. I want to make sure since I'm the I'm I'm the sit-in host today <laughs> that I say the last word. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> anyway, it's your show, Joe. Whatever you say. Anyway, moving. Put on. it on your resume. The Metropolitans. Yes. Eight and four to start the season. Love it. Opposed to the Yankees, five and seven. Right. So that is obviously worse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you would think so. That is some good math, Joe. Mathematics. <laughs> Mathematics. <laughs> oh, I'm Lord. no grammatologist either. There's a reason we're on radio <laughs> and not in the classroom. <laughs> All right. Game one. They played against the Twins. How do you feel like DeGrom played? His worst start in 26 starts. Four innings pitched, eight hits, six runs, three strikeouts, and three home runs. Yeah. Um, listen, Jacob DeGrom cannot be pro- – I'm going to stick up for Jacob DeGrom. Okay. I have a man crush on him. Just like We know. Just like Jim Nance, <laughs> and I think there's somebody else that I forget right now. I'm going to give him a pass on this one. He cannot be perfect all the time. Agreed. He's had, uh, I think it was 26 games, uh, decent starts at least, going back to last year. Listen, we're all human, even though he doesn't seem like he's human sometimes. He's a Cy Young Award winner. These games happen. Yeah. These absolutely. games happen. No and, need to panic if you're a Mets fan at all. And, he's a great pitcher. He's the best in baseball. Honestly, if, if Lugo and... Uh, Gazelman. Gazelman. Who's pitched, been not good. Pitch perfect games. Pish. They would have won this game. Oh, go figure. So, and, I'm Gazelman always screws it up and for Darvis. them. Yeah, Jason. Oh, God. We'll talk about him, too. Jesus. So, Lugo, two innings, two hits, one run. Yep. Gazelman, one inning, two hits, three runs, one home run. Mm-hmm. And Garvis came in as relief. Which is weird. I don't know why, but... They pitched, were down. They were down by so many. Anyway, yeah, pitched one inning, uh, let up four hits, four runs, and one home run. See, Jason Vargas is a starter. Why you put him in relief? I don't know, Mickey Callaway. I guess you were down by so many. You know what he got to lose. That just shows you that Jason Vargas was not worth what the Mets gave him last year. Um, not a good pitcher. Sorry, not a good pitcher. He's not gonna. He's only gonna hurt them. And if. You guys aren't mathematics like me. <laughs> that totaled for 14 points for the Twins. 14 14, runs. well, 14 runs, whatever. Whatever. Points, goals, touchdowns. Listen, in any sport, you just got to score more points than your opponent. Exactly. And the Mets did not do that in game one. Um, so, final score ended up being 14 to 8. Uh, Nimmo went 2 for 4 with 1 RBI. Alonzo, 2 for 5. Big Pete. Uh... Conforto two for three, Rosario three for five, and McNeil zero for four. Yeah. So all around, not a great game for any of the big players on. No. On I mean, match. Pete Alonso continues to his magical run right now. Yeah, he had three RBIs. Yeah. Off of his his two hits, so mm-hmm. I mean, it has to count for something. Yeah, he's been he's been playing awesome, and especially because he's a first time big leaguer. He. 
came up this year and he's doing everything he can. He's giving a real jolt to that Mets lineup and that they desperately needed last year. And he's doing a great job. Ahmed Rosario playing really well too. And we'll talk about the game against Atlanta. He had four RBIs. That was a career high for him. It was awesome. He's playing real well. They're getting the much out of these young players as they can. So even though, even though in a loss, you still think Alonzo has positives to take out. Absolutely. Pete Alonzo can only get better again. And, and he really showed it in in the next twins. Awesome. And again, yeah, game two against the twins. Yeah. Um. So we'll actually just move right into into game two then. Yeah. Um. Mets switched it up. They won. Good. Good Split news. Split the season. Scott was there. If you didn't if you didn't follow us on Twitter, Scott it was indeed at City Field with a couple of his friend of his friends from Quinnipiac University. Yeah, I guess he gave the Mets some luck. Yeah, must have. Syndergaard, Syndergaard pitched pretty well, even though he gave up four runs. I mean, Syndergaard did the job. Yeah, yeah, he got a job done. Um, seven strikeouts, seven in- innings. Mm-hmm. Um, he went for a while, which was good because I felt like the mm-hmm. Mets bullpen really needs some. They're not a good bullpen. They really need some, you know, to get some length out of Degrom and Wheeler and Syndergaard. Yeah, and and Familia actually ended up coming in at the end. Mm-hmm. Played one inning, two hits, one run, which really secured that. Yeah, that he needed a decent game after what happened in the last series. So, again, I wasn't concerned about Yuri's Familia before. Uh, I won't be now, especially because you know he's their setup guy. So I think he'll be okay going forward. Um, as for you know Pete Al- Pete Alonso in Game Two went zero for two. Again, he's not gonna he's not gonna be this exciting. Home run hitter every single game for the Mets. So, you know, and it's nice to see Brandon Nimmo start hitting. He's one, he went one for yeah. three with one RBI. He really needs to start hitting, and he's actually getting on base at a consistent rate these past couple games. So, it's good to see him, another young player that the Mets are very high on. Uh, Robinson Cano went 0 for 2. Whether you want to be concerned about Cano or not, he's very wishy washy this year. Uh, that's up to Mets fans. Wilson Ramos, one for four, two RBIs. Conforto, one for three, three RBIs. And McNeil had a bounce back game, went two for four with one RBI. So Mets split the series. They don't think, you know, they don't need, they didn't need to win game two, but obviously it's nice that they did. Yeah, it looks good. It it, it pads their record. So, um, but it, it didn't start off good for, for the Mets. Top of the third, uh, Shoop had a single or Dores Adores. Mm, let me see your handwriting. I know my handwriting is, is, not, so, is not great. It's a little soft. Odorisi. Odorisi. So I, okay, and that's I jo- and, that, and that's scope, not Shoop. Sorry. I didn't scope. Mean, okay. Jonathan scope. Okay. <laughs> um, Close enough. Uh, Odorisi, you said? Right. Odorisi bunt. Bunts moves Shoop to second base, mm-hmm. and then Max Kepler ends up singling on the line drive to center fielder Brendan Nimmo, and Shoop ends up scoring. So one nothing out of the third inning. Mm-hmm. Fifth inning comes around, and this was a big inning for the Mets. Uh, bottom of the fifth, McNeil, single base hit. Rosario gets walked. Davis walked. Uh, McNeil... Out at home, but it still leaves Rosario and Davis on on base. 
Uh, Syndergaard ends up walking. Uh, Ordizio. Odorisi. Odorisi. I'm sorry. It's very hard to write. I just read my handwriting. I'm sorry. And the names are just weird. Uh, that's I'm, fine. I'm used to names in hockey. Yeah, really. You, should, you shouldn't be okay with <laughs> hockey names with uh, Fedorov, Komishmanov, and, you Those know, easy. Kovalchuk. <laughs> Those are easy. Um, Odorisi gets replaced by... Insert name here. <laughs> <laughs> Starts with a V. I see the V. Vasquez. Okay. <laughs> um, and then this is where Brendan Nimmo gets his first hit. It actually get, first gets hit by a pitch. Yeah. Um, Ahmed Rosario Hate scores. What was that? Hate to see him get hit by a pitch. Yeah, but it... It, it advanced the run. It did. I got you. Um, Sorry. J.D. Davis to third and Noah Syndergaard to second. He's a sneaky good player for the Mets, J.D. Davis. It, I, I've started hearing a lot more about him. Not and not a lot of people, me, even Mets fans, don't know that much about him, but he is pretty sneaky good for them. Yeah, I've, I've heard a lot about him this uh, like early in the season, obviously. Mm-hmm. And um, I just I, I would keep an eye on him. Absolutely. There's a lot of guys to keep an eye on, on this in this Mets lineup. Absolutely, especially after last season not playing very well right? at all. Um, I think this this year might be a big year for Mets and Mets fans. Yeah, I from from what it looks like as of now. I mean, Mets fans know last year they started eleven and one, and then they completely imploded. Mm-hmm. But hoping that doesn't they have young players that you know if they're healthy, unlike the Yankees, they should be fine. Especially in the division where you play the Phillies oh. and Bryce Harper and Gene Segura and yeah. all those awesome players in Philly. It's good to it's good to have the depth mm-hmm. that it, it actually it seems like the Mets have now. Yeah. So good news for them. Uh but going back then in the bottom of the fifth after Syndergaard advanced to second, uh Pete Alonzo was walked, so JD Davis scores. Mm-hmm. No Syndergaard eventually obviously moves to third uh, and Brendan Nimmo to the second. Uh, Robinson Cano walks. No, Syndergaard scores. A lot of walk, a lot of score. Yeah. It, it really it just played out for for the Mets yeah. in the second game. Poor, um, pi- Really poor pitching by the Twins and Jake Odorisi in their bullpen. Yeah, and then, but, and then in the same inning, actually, Val, Val, Vasquez. Vasquez is replaced by Hildenberg. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, pitching wasn't... Pitching was an issue that night for yeah. the Minnesota Twins. Which always is a good thing for if you're the opposite <laughs> team. Absolutely. So, if you throw um, me, if you throw me pitching out there, you throw, throw a party. But it, it really is just amazing what they did between the fifth and the seventh inning with them... Ooh, sorry. We're sorry. Watching, we're we're watching the Pittsburgh Islanders game and Pittsburgh game two scored. Game two. We will touch upon game one when we get there. But yes, yeah, it's the the old barn is rocking. Oh yes. But anyway, all you need to know about this game is the Mets scored a lot of runs in the and fifth, their bullpen wasn't fifth that and the seventh. Bad. The bullpen was 
very well put together, very well played. For once this year. For once. And they ended up coming out. At the end of the game, at the end of the game, it did look like um, the Twins were going to make a little bit of a comeback, which, yeah. which they kind of did. Um, but in the end, Mets won 9-6. to six. Mm-hmm. All works out. Wonderful. Game three. Game one, you mean? Oh yeah, to play Atlanta. You're right. It's weird having two game series. I yeah. never really understand them. Either play three games or play one. So, whatever. As you guys just heard, game one. Game one against the Braves. Mm-hmm. Division At- rival, reigning NL East champions. Yeah. Um. Reigning, reigning what you said? Huh? What did you say? Reigning. What champion? Reigning National League East oh, division champions, okay. Atlanta Braves. I was like, did I miss something? I got to say, All though, right. I was concerned about Steven Matz coming into this season. Mm-hmm. His last two starts, including this one yesterday, was amazing. Six innings, four hits, two runs, eight strikeouts, and only well, only he gave up a home run. But he was awesome yesterday. He was great. I'm very happy that the Mets now... I, I, I won't say now, but Steven Matz has always been like this. He's been okay at best. Local product, local, right. Local product. So it's nice to see the local guy get it done. Where is he from? Uh, I think he's from Long Island. Okay. I think. All right. So not might have local, to fact, but... you might have to fact check that for me, but he's from the area. Yeah. Um, and wait, I fact checked for, I know I, I, I will fact check that. <laughs> Sorry. Roles reversed today. Completely forgot. It's, it's weird. It but is weird. I miss some things. You miss some things. What I was actually shocked about was Robert Gazelman actually didn't screw it up for the Mets this time. He was very close. He almost lost in the game. <laughs> one inning. One inning pitch. And, uh, two hits. Two hits. He didn't give up a run. Was, yeah. But he almost screwed it up for them. But he didn't. He's been their probably their worst reliever this far. And which... Is surprising because he was pretty decent last year, but this is why you have a guy in Edwin Diaz, I was, closer. Yeah, I was just going to say, how do you how do you feel oh, about him? He's awesome. Another one of my my fantasy pitchers couldn't be more happy to have him. Five saves on five tries. That's, he's for real. That's huge. He's for real. That's huge. He's you know I didn't know much about him in Seattle. He's a young guy. He's got a hell of an arm. He can. He's amazing. He may be the best thing that ever happened to that Mets bullpen. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially because of the, you know, because of how they're playing right now. Gazelman, you never know what you're going to get out of him. Lugo, the same thing. Who knows? Jason Vargas might be actually moved to the bullpen. He's so bad as a starter. Um, Yeah, I think Edwin Diaz, Edwin Diaz, beside, I mean, he's, yeah, he's their best reliever that they have right now. And that's saying something, because the guy only has to pitch one or two innings a game. You know, it's not that he pitches every day anyway. Every game anyway. He doesn't. He might not have to on some of these days. But Yuri's Familia, yeah, he's probably their second best reliever at this point. I'm sorry, I gotta say Gazelman and Lugo are not great, even though Lugo but, was okay the other I mean, night. Being, but... being the second best reliever doesn't mean that you're not playing well. It, right. You're still playing really well. I mean, but, Famili- saw- but Familia this pat you know, through this year... You know, he's been okay. Oh, he just has he hasn't been I, great, but Edwin played, Diaz has been awesome. Yeah, because he played well in Game Two against the Twins and played, yeah. played very well. Um, but Mets wrapped this one up six to three. 
Uh, three runs in the second inning, one run in the sixth, and two runs in the seventh. Um, the Braves started off strong, having one run in the first, one run in the second, uh, and one run in the eighth. Steven so, Matz is from Long Island. He's from Stony Brook, New York. He's from Long Island. Oh, Stony Brook. I know somebody that goes to Stony Brook University. Very cool. Um, but yeah, so overall, good game. Again, uh, Ahmed Rosario. Ahmed Rosario, two for four with four RBIs, yep. career high for him. I really like him a lot. It sucks that Cano went over five with two strikeouts, but Rosario stepped up when the Mets needed him. He hit a homer, which was a bomb. And again, Alonzo played. Alonzo well. hit a two bomb. For, two for four and had two RBIs. Hit a home run, had a long shot, hit one into the I think it was I think it's in center field in uh the Braves Stadium. I don't remember what the name of the stadium is, but he hit one into the little pond over there. So Oh, and fun fact, you'll you'll enjoy this because you know, you're a new baseball fan. But guess let me see what I'm trying to get here. The two hardest hit home runs going back to last year, I think, are from Judge and Stanton. Who's the third? We're gonna have to say on have to. Because it's true. <laughs> but it's isn't that isn't that cool to think that all three of those players who have the hardest hit home runs are both in New York? All three. Right. New York. New, cool. New York brings sluggers. Oh yeah. Home run central here in the city. Because if you're in New York, it's go hard or go home. You're under the big lights. In your mouth you got ears, Joe. You gotta. But but overall good stuff from the New York Metropolitans. Absolutely. Um. Oh, you don't have the Mets games on here. I don't. Sorry, slack a little bit. They have two more games against Atlanta. I know that. Either two or three. Okay, so it is a three-game set against Atlanta. Yeah. Islanders score, baby. Oh boy, two Who's the, one. Who did it? Who did it? I don't know. I caught the tail end of it. Twelve minutes to go in in the third period. I thought we were. In, I thought we were in the second. New. Jordan Everlay. Let's get it. Awesome. He scored in game one, didn't he? Yes, he did. Oh, we got to talk I about game one. He did. I believe yes, he did. did. It's in the stat sheet, Joe. Yes, it is. I was looking at the We will talk about right. game one. Yeah, when we come back. That's true. That's right. Sorry. That was smooth. You like that? All right, very that good. Smooth. That's pretty much it for for baseball today. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll get to Islanders. We'll talk a little bit about their game one. Um, the NHL lottery draft mm-hmm. big news mm-hmm. for these tri-state sports a uh a fantasy that came reality when we said on the show really honestly for two teams oh awesome um and then we'll cover a little bit of brooklyn nets see what they're doing gotta talk about the knicks too knicks um and then we have we have a little bit of football news oh yeah to cover. a little bit so it's two less than two weeks yeah until the draft it's inching closer can't wait Cannot wait. Stay right there. We'll be right back on the Tri-State Sports Beat. New York Islanders fans have long waited for this moment. The NHL playoffs. And against none other than those damn penguins. Than Sidney Crosby and the Pittsburgh Penguins. Crybaby Crosby. Yeah. 
going into this, I don't give the Islanders much of a chance. What? Even no, listen. Even though they're they have home ice advantage, they were their standings showed that they are better statistically against uh, Pittsburgh. The Islanders against the Penguins. The Penguins are just a playoff team. They always have been, and they probably, for the most part, will be for for the foreseen future. Probably. First of all, do you even realize who is a net for the New York Islanders? Your boy. Robin Leonard. It's unstoppable. It's not unstoppable. All right. There was three goals scored against him in game one. Hey, but the Islanders scored four. You're right. Matt Murray did, was worse. It did take longer than regulation time. Right. But I told you, Robin was, Leonard will lead the Islanders to the promised land. It was a very entertaining game. To Absolutely. Watch. Awesome. Goal scorers for the Islanders, Jordan Eberle. Who just scored in game two, right here as we're watching right now. Brock Nelson. Uh-huh. Nick Letty. Nick Letty. I couldn't remember his first name. And Josh Bailey. He didn't only score oh, in he this scored. game. He got the game winning goal. The old barn almost in over came out of the ground. And mind you, they're not playing in Brooklyn. I no. know that now. They're, they're playing, playing in Nassau Coliseum. As they should. As they should, absolutely. Robin Leonard, your boy, my guy, forty-one saves on forty-four shots, played out of his mind. And again, I just saw a save that he made that shouldn't have been a save. Because he's so, awesome. Look at him. Game two is going on right now. If you are not watching, you should. Because I don't know why you're not. Who doesn't like playoff hockey? I don't know why you're not. Really? Um, you'd rather be watching the Yankees lose to the White Sox right now. No. No, how are the Mets? Are the Mets playing? They are. The Mets are playing Atlanta, and they are killing it. Hey, Six don't don't two. give it away. don't give it away for our next episode. I'm sorry. Oh, Seth Lugo's on the mound. Though this is why I'm the host today. Seth Lugo's on you the mound. He just lets go of everything. Oh, good job, Lugo. All right, let's see how the Yankees are doing. The Yankees. Are... We have running on the S Network. That's in New York. Right. Look at those kids go. Wow. They can move. Yes, they can. Yeah, we're getting off track here. Oh, yeah. Atlanta's wearing the red jerseys. They're going to lose. They're due for a comeback. No, what? I'm only kidding. No, Seth Lugo. Oh, Dom Smith's playing first base for the Mets. Cool. They got no outs, though, with one on. Yeah, that's strike three. Good job, Lugo. We're done with baseball. Good job, Lugo. I had I had enough of baseball today. I right, struggled through those first two segments. See, Seth Lugo's now pitching okay, even though we just saw only a couple pitches. But, hey, strike three right down the chute. Anyway, go on with the Islanders because they're, they're freaking awesome, too. Game two, obviously, tonight. Right now? Um, we'll talk about game two next time, though. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I I can't give a little spoiler alert for this game now. Barry Trotz has a beautiful forehead. You know, he, I don't know why he didn't stay with the Capitals. Hey, uh, As you know, Barry Trotz was with the Capitals when they won the Stanley Cup, I guys. Was, that was just last year. Yeah. 
And now he's with the Islanders. Who are about to win the Stanley Cup. (laughs) 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 Maybe? Maybe? And you know what's even cooler? Who knows? They could be the team to make a magical run. I don't know. You know what's even cooler? That we didn't really mention, and I didn't even think of until this moment, Mm. is if they win this first series, they... They don't only knock out Pittsburgh Penguins in the first round, which, which everybody will love. If Washington wins the first round, Barry Trotz will make his comeback to Washington in round two. And then... Those are some storylines. And then if the Islanders win round two... Which... That could be hard. It, yeah. <laughs> they... Could possibly meet Toronto. And who plays for Toronto? In the semifinals. Pajama boy, watch out. What a storyline that would be for Who won Islanders. game one in Boston, Toronto? Toronto won game one? Full take. They're going to blow a lead. It's possible. They're going to blow. They're going to blow. They're going to blow a two Mitch, games. But Mitch Marner did look really good on that penalty. They're going to blow a two games to none lead. I say they win game two. They're going to blow a two games to none lead. Anyway. Is that your prediction? Yeah. Did you make a bracket? You didn't make No, I don't make NHL brackets. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Um, Yeah, Toronto won 4-1 yesterday mm-hmm. against Boston. So, uh, uh, eh. well, fun see. fact. Fun fact, on day one of the playoffs in the NHL, all of the away teams won game one. Except for the Islanders. Because they're freaking awesome. Yeah, other than the Islanders, that's weird, but okay. Because Nassau Coliseum just makes that much of a difference. Screw Barkley Center with hockey. Sorry. I hope Nets fans show up for them for the their playoff series against the Sixers. But the Islanders belong in Nassau Coliseum. That's just how it has to be. They're killing it right now. They got four thirty left in third period. They're up two goals. I'm not even worried. And they're they're completely dominating Pittsburgh. Yeah, I'm not even worried. The fact that now now they have to go to Pittsburgh, like the Penguins have to go back home down two nothing. If they don't win game, if they don't win game three, it's still going to be rocking. Oh yeah, it's still going to be rocking there. PPG Paints Arena. But don't be surprised if you see some bandwagoner Islanders fans like us right now. It'll be weird. I'm not. You can't say no. We're not fans. We just have a rooting interest because one of our local teams is actually in the playoffs. Absolutely. But let's talk about our two teams, shall we? Yeah, we didn't make playoffs, though. Who cares about that? <laughs> As you guys know, in our last episode, we had mentioned, we were talking about the, the, the draft lottery, and we were like, oh, wait, that's tomorrow. Right? Yep. Well, you heard it here first, I th- though. I, I think Nick made... An accurate prediction. A prediction. I pulled saying, that out of my butt. In saying, how cool would that be if the Devils got one and the Rangers got two? Do I really sound like that? A little bit. Okay. Understandable. Well, folks, the Devils got one and the Rangers got two. I should have bought a lottery ticket. <laughs> I don't know how. I should have bought a lottery ticket that day. I don't know how. The Devils had the third best odds. To get the first round pick, uh, the first overall pick, because they're so awesome, and, they're so bad, and they did. The Rangers had 
the sixth best odds, which was 7.5% chance to get the first overall pick, they didn't do that, but they did get the second overall pick. So, New York, New Jersey fans, you should be excited for the future. So, um, I'm going to say it right here. I'd like to welcome Jack Hughes to the New Jersey Devils organization. Don't be too quick oh. on that. Who else are they going to pick? Capo Caco. No. Capo Caco. Is that really how you say his name? It is actually how you say his name. Okay. I was watching um, highlights on him, and if he plays... He plays overseas. He say plays his name Europe. again. Capo Caco. Capo Caco. Yeah, keep saying it. Keep saying it. Sounds like cappuccino. No, Capo Caco. Cappuccino Caco. If you if you watch his highlight videos, he plays overseas and everything, so you can't understand the announcers, which is pretty funny listening to him hmm. because all of a sudden you'll hear Capo Caco. <laughs> Capo Caco. <laughs> it's so cool. You got definitely go and watch him on YouTube. Um, but they're both, from what you've told me, they're both, they're like 1A, 1B. Yes. Pretty much. Yeah. If So you can't go wrong with either pick at this point. If the Devils don't pick Jack Hughes. Which they, I don't see why they wouldn't. But. If if they don't pick Jack Hughes, they will pick Kapokako. If they pick Jack Hughes, then the Rangers get Kapokako. Since you're the hockey guy. So... And you've watched tape on both these guys. Uh-huh. Who do you like better? If you're the Devils at number one, who are you picking? If I'm the Devils at number one, you def- the Devils are going to have a, re- a very rough time. Because, really? Because I don't know. I Jack, think- Hughes, Jack Hughes is an amazing player. He's fast. He could, he could handle the puck very well. He's got a solid shot. Um, but this past season, Capo Caco has advanced his play so much from what I've seen. Mm. It the sky's the limit for this kid. Right. I think I think I think I think Jack Hughes is going to continue very good play in the NHL. I think he'll be inserted into the lineup right away. I think Capo Caco will be inserted into the line right away. But I also think Capocaco will become a huge star in so, the NHL. Because once in a blue moon, you get that Finnish player. Finnish meaning from Finland. Right. Not fin- right. Just correcting that. I know what you said. You I only you. get that guy once in a blue moon. Mm-hmm. You've only had a few in the NHL. And they... Not saying a few Finnish players, but a few Finnish stars. And from what I see, Cabo Caco is one of those guys. So who are the Devils picking number one? I think they'll pick Jack Hughes because he's not necessarily established, but he's probably less of a risk. Okay. Because Cabo Caco does still have development. But he's catching up to the level of Jack Hughes in such. Well, a I mean, time. are they both eighteen or seventeen? How old is Jack Hughes? Seventeen. Jack. Ooh. I think Capo Caco. No, Jack Hughes. I believe is seventeen. Capo Caco could be eighteen. They're both. They're both teenagers. Yeah. 
But so, but you think at 17, 18, they'll just they'll be inserted in the lineup right away? Yeah, Jack Hughes is seventeen. Absolutely, okay. absolutely. It's, yeah, it's see, I've before. seen I've seen Devils Twitter. Devils, Caco's eighteen. I've seen Devils Twitter, Devil Instagram, all the fan pages and stuff like that. Everybody's putting Jack Hughes's face on Devils jerseys. Yeah. So. I mean, I guess fans are pretty decided in what they want. Yeah. And I, on the other hand, I, do not know much about any of to both of these guys. But if Jack Hughes is really as good as people say he is, I want him. If Capo Caco is as good as everybody say he is, I'll take him too. Yeah. You. But here's the big question. Devils fans, I don't think will be too upset if if the GM and coach if the team goes either way they shouldn't be upset right here's the big question though who are the chicago blackhawks taking at three that's a great question there's been so much news about capo caco and jack hughes is there like is there those are the top those are the top two guys those those will be there's is there anybody else even like worth talking about number one pick at this point i mean yes and no it's just i don't have i haven't looked that deep into it it only this only happened a few days ago so okay. I've been really invested in Capo Caco and Jack Hughes. I've been studying. I've been looking at film and everything. So you them. think the Rangers are getting Capo Caco? Most likely. Most likely. Is he center or wing? I don't know exact position. Okay. I just when I watch highlights, it's already mid play. So he's an offenseman. Right. He's an offenseman. Both and of them are. Is he more now? From what I saw from Jack Hughes, he's not. I mean, he could score goals, obviously, but he likes to. He likes to dish. He likes to he likes to assist and, and I think that's he's a really good skater. I think that's what makes him such a threat. Right. Is that he has he has the the puck control and and the escapability to get through guys. Mm-hmm. You don't know if he's going to get through you and shoot or get through you and pass. Right. Because either way, he will get through you. I'm just imagining like that line. Kyle Palmieri, Taylor Hall, and yeah, and you you Jack told me Hughes. that the other day, and it kind of set in. And then Nico Heeshear on line two. Yeah. You're gonna have to push him to line two, or even put Hughes on line two. I don't know. I w- to start out, or Kapo Jack Hughes done. probably going to be starting on the second line. I don't think they'll insert him straight into the first line. Because Nico's a beast. Let's be honest; he's great. And as long as as answer Taylor me this. Hall, as long as Taylor Hall can stay healthy. Oh. Answer me this. Is Nico Heischer better than Nolan Patrick? Yeah. You're damn right he is. Yeah. He's the best. You're damn right. That's right. But. Oh, we got, we got, we got Flists flying. Brock Nelson and Phil Kessel. What are you doing, man? Go eat a hot Stop dog. Stop that. Go eat a hot dog. Phil Kessel, what are you doing? Stop it. Your sister can punch better than that. Oh. <laughs> right? That is his sister, right? Amanda Kessel? Yeah, it is. Okay. Just saying. Oh, if Getty Malkin, She's also yeah. a great hockey player, by the way. She's awesome. She, she actually really is. I'm Hillary, not just saying. Hillary that. Knight and her, awesome. They're great. They're very good hockey players. All right, Joe, we going to break? Yeah, we'll go to break. All right, wonderful. Well, what but, do we what do we got? What do we got next there, host? 
Mr. Power Chair. Next, we got basketball. Basketball. New like York the movie? Knicks, New York Net, the Brooklyn or Nets. New York Nets. Right. Brooklyn Nets. Good Lord. And then we have a little bit of football. Jets, Giants. And I want to touch on the Lakers. Oh. I want to talk about what's going on with the Lakers. You have a little rant, you think? I do, actually. Good. We had some news today. We had some news the other day. And then, of course, uh, we'll do we'll end the show how we normally do. Okay. Okay. And I'll sign us off this time, right? Yes, you can. Okay. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Tri-State Sports Beat on Anchor FM. Well, the NBA regular season has come and gone. And the New York Knicks have finished with the worst record in the NBA. Does this surprise anybody? No, but it only means that they have the highest odds. Not true. Fake news, Joe. This is how it works. The Knicks finished with a 17-65 and 65 record, right? They have a 14% chance of landing the number one pick. That is the same exact odds as the two other teams. <coughs> Excuse me. Phoenix and Cleveland. Well, yeah, but they still have the highest odds. It's still a 14% chance. <coughs> 14% chance for all three of those teams. Yeah, okay. I gotcha. I still don't think the Knicks are getting the number one pick. I still think they're going to get like the fourth or the fifth because, hey, that's what's happening. Um. Yeah. What a season. 17 wins. It's been a long year. Entertaining, huh? No. no. <laughs> to be honest with you, I haven't I haven't watched the Knicks. I haven't watched a game probably since after the All-Star break. I maybe watched one game after the All-Star break and that was it. That was it. Well, cuz why why waste my time? I hate the owner. Why even bother? Why give him the TV ratings? Sorry. Get me Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving and Zion Williamson and I'll be happy. As a quick question. Yes, Joe. Has Zion he has not officially? declared. He has not officially declared yet. Cam Reddish and R.J. Barrett have. Uh, yeah, I did see that. Don't think too much about that. I don't. Don't think too much about that. That. That would be something. That would, that be, would be. That would be the Knicks. Zion Williamson <laughs> decides to go back to d- decides to and go back Knicks to Duke, the and the Knicks pick. get the first pick. <laughs> that would exactly. That would be our luck. That would be our. And then we'd have to draft John Moran or R.J. Barrett. I don't know. Anyway. Joe, you uh, you put some news on me yesterday. We were at dinner. You want to share that with the people? News. Yeah. Concerning the Brooklyn Nets, perhaps. No, you don't remember. You really don't remember. Huh. Well, anyway. About the Brooklyn Nets. Anyway. What did I say? Well. You said now the Nets are your team. Oh, that news. You officially have okay. hopped on the Nets bandwagon. Yeah. Please explain yourself that now is the time you decide to jump on the Nets bandwagon. Okay, and now of all times I, when they've been bad in the past. and You're right. I'm you're putting right. you on blast a little bit. But, you are. Because now they're in the playoffs. Now they're officially playoff bound. And now you decide you're a fan. Please explain yourself. All right. Here, here is the reasoning, and yeah. it wasn't because they made the playoffs. It's the uniforms. A little bit, 
No. No. Um, I was thinking about it, mm-hmm. and I, I was I was trying to make an edit, an edited picture for myself. I was, I was being a little selfish for yourself. You didn't even want to share it with our page. I didn't. No, be, no. And the reason being is because it doesn't have all the tri-state sports teams. It only has four select teams. Right. And I wanted one from each sport. So I obviously had the Rangers. I obviously had the Jets. Mm-hmm. And newly fan of the Yankees. Obviously, I was putting the Yankees. Right. So I was like, oh, I can't not leave out basketball. Like you know what, I want to declare myself a Nets fan. Because you I've know always, what, the Knicks are so bad. I've always, well. I've always told my brother that I was a Jets, Nets, and a Mets fan. Never being serious about it. Yeah. I never watched baseball in my life. Honest to God. So you went, so you went back. Really. You went back on your word of being declaring yourself a Mets fan. If you say that was really, yeah, okay, I did. Whatever. But I'm going to stick with it. For That's okay. I can't really talk either because I, like, switch my college basketball team all the time. Yeah, but now I am now sticking with St. John's. I, that is, that well, is a now, thing. Now you have witness. I've witnessed St. Right. Yeah. So I am well, St. John's Red Storm through and through. Let's just – can we talk about that for a minute? The Chris Mullen situation. Yeah. Chris Mullen has resigned – uh, being the head coach of St. John's Red Storm, I'm very sad about it. I really don't like to talk about it. It was Nick's favorite coach. I was, it. yeah. I think you had a tiny bit of a man crush on him. I do. Because, I don't know. Let's be honest. He, he was a legend of St. John's. He's St. John's best player, no he, doubt about it. He had a... Great career in the NBA with the Warriors. Yeah, Hall of Fame. So, and the Indiana Pacers. You can't not like him. Love him. A white guy from Brooklyn who could ball. Yeah. Like who? Exactly. With the one, probably one of the whitest names out there. Chris Mullen, absolutely. <laughs> but the guy just worked consistently hard as a player, and I know he did as a coach. But he had some personal stuff going on. You, his brother. Did you tell me last night yeah. that his brother had passed away? So he had some personal right, stuff right, going on right before the NCAA uh, tournament. The NCAA tournament. So he stepped so. down. This kind of came as a shock to me, but at the same time, I kind of felt like if St. John's were to have a bad year, then he would be fired. But then you run into the situation if you're St. John's, right? How do you fire Chris Mullen, mm-hmm. like your best player to ever play for your for your university? How do you fire that man? So I get, I kind of guess that. Chris Mullen saw the writing on the wall there, maybe a little bit. I don't know. Maybe he didn't because he ha- he. I'm sure he has so much respect for that school and everything. Absolutely, going there, playing for them, right? Coaching them. Mm-hmm. I think he didn't want them to make that decision, and and everything that happened with him, with his brother, right. with his family, with family and everything, personal issues, whatever it may be. I think. He kind of took it into his own hands. It was like, look, I'm not going to make you guys make a hard decision. Right. And I need to do something for myself anyway right now. Right. But I am kind of, you know, he spent four years here at St. John's. I felt like it was just like a match made in heaven, you know, the former player, now the coach kind of storyline. But now St. John's finds themselves in need of a coach. 
Bobby Hurley is was the front runner until this afternoon when he decided he's going to stay with Arizona State. Of course, he was the former coach at the University of Buffalo. And it doesn't only hurt, hurt them coaching-wise. Actually, a few players have come out and said right. that Justin Simon play without him. Without one, yeah, coach one of them is Big East Defensive Player of the Year, Justin Simon. Um, the other one is escaping me at the moment. But Tremblay. Yeah, Tremblay. Tremblay. Or tre- is it Tremble or tre- uh, something like that? Um, close enough. Close enough. But I'm kind of upset by the Chris Mullen deal. I feel like he should have been back this year no matter what, but ultimately it was his decision to resign. So St. John's is looking for a coach now. So we'll see what happens. The door is open, guys. Door's open. Maybe we should go for co-coaching position <laughs> for St. John's. That'd be something. But let's get on a happier note. Our Brooklyn Nets... Yes. Are in the NBA playoffs. They locked up that sixth seed. Finished the season 42 and 40. They will take on the Philadelphia 76ers in Philly for game one of round one at 2 30 on ESPN tomorrow. Big so, game. Brooklyn, if they really want to make noise, I feel if they win this game, they really start making noise right from the get go. They take win. A note, take a note out of the, uh, the <clears throat> Islanders' playbook here. Right. Except the Nets are on the road. They got to win on the road against the third-seeded Philadelphia 76 or so. Best of luck to Brooklyn. We will cover them extensively through this podcast while they're still in the playoffs. So we did schedule to talk about the national championship, but that's been, you know, it's been, been, a, it's a, been a couple days. You all, we all know what happened. If you're listening to the podcast, you probably already know about the national championship. Virginia beat Texas Tech. All right, we're just going to get over that. In overtime, 85-77. Right. Correct. Pretty much all you need to know, other than it was uh, Virginia's first ever national championship mm-hmm. in school history. Right. Let's move on to football, Joseph. Giants. Yeah. Relatively a big signing. Kind of. Was uh, that yesterday? Two days ago? Yesterday. Uh. The New York Giants signed wide receiver Sterling Shepard to a four-year, $41 million extension. Yeah. Too soon. Too soon? Yes. I agree. I don't think – I think <clears throat> losing OBJ kind of opened him up and – It opened up the checkbook, it, obviously. Well, yeah, it definitely opened up the checkbook. And I think it also – It's. I think it's starting to set in mm-hmm. that they're not going to have – Huge receiver, right? So that they don't have a huge anything besides Saquon Barkley's quads. Maybe they have to, yeah. Um, maybe they have to sign somebody to a big deal, no matter who it is, and hope that they have a big year. Well, you gotta remember they do have Golden Tate. He's a veteran, though. I mean, Sterling Shepard's their guy. Sterling Shepard's their guy now. Golden Tate, for me. Has been falling off a little bit these past few years. He's getting to that age. Right. Um. He's still playing good football. Right. Don't get me wrong, but he's not going to be your star receiver. No. No. He's a good. He's a good compliment. He would be a good compliment to Odell, but he is currently living it up in Cleveland right now. So. But yeah, Sterling Shepard, four years, forty-one mil. I don't know. I think that's kind of steep. I don't really think the Giants had to do that at this point. I don't know. I think Sterling Shepard's a nice player, but he's not Odell. He's not an elite top receiver in the league. He's good. Mm-hmm. He's got a lot of upside, but I don't I don't think he's worth what the Giants just extended him. 
No. I don't know. No, not at all. But, I mean, if they had to do it, I mean, they didn't have to do it, but I know you want to lock up some of your core young players, but uh, we'll see. Sterling Shepard's okay. But speaking, speaking of, did you have? Some? No, no, no. Go ahead. I was going to say, speaking of young players, we know NFL draft is coming up less than two um, weeks away, and the Giants have been projected in multiple, multiple mock drafts to go out and pick a quarterback to replace or study under Eli Manning. Not so much anymore. It's a little bit of a change up, but there's also there's also some talks about. Them still going the direction of a quarterback, but not necessarily not necessarily Haskins, but Drew Locke. I don't get it. There's so many things coming out with with the Giants right now. It, it, it's making my head spin. Yeah, I mean, we don't know if I, they're I, gonna I just, go. I wish they could just like make a decision already. Firm one or the other. If they're going for a quarterback, if they're not going for a quarterback because it'll just. It'll knock so many pieces that are up right now mm. down and and let you have like a little more clearer of a view of what's going on with the New York Giants. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. The Giants need to address the Eli Manning situation. They need to stop putting a Band-Aid over it. I don't think they will until the start of the season. I like Eli. He's done a lot of things for the Giants. He's the Giants' best quarterback they've ever had, hands down. Better than Phil Sims, better than Fran Tarkington, better than Y.A. Tittle. I understand the Giants want to keep him around and do the right thing by him. I absolutely understand that. Should they start him for the year no matter what? Yes. But the Giants need to just address it. They need to realize that Eli is not what he used to be anymore. He's not going to, you know, Eli's not going to, I'm sorry. I don't see Eli playing that well this year. I don't see him playing a full season this year. No, especially if they draft the young quarterback. If the Giants are in the tank like we think they're going to be, then why not go out there, draft a young quarterback, and have him play in garbage time, gain experience through uh-huh. that? I don't understand the Drew Locke situation. I understand like NFL scouts and NFL quote-unquote professionals are higher on Drew Locke than they, than they were a couple weeks ago. I don't really know what necessarily changed. I don't know if it was a pro day or analytics. I don't know. But Dwayne Haskins threw 50 touchdowns in the Big Ten. Like, that's for real. I understand he's not very mobile. Drew Locke's a more mobile quarterback that played in the Big 12. But I don't know. Drew Locke's a nice player. He's probably going to go in the first round Yeah, I, to, I a, to a Washington Redskins or Miami. Yeah. But I don't know. I really don't think the Giants should... I think I just think Haskins is the better product, the better prospect. If you he's ask safer, me, safer option. Yeah, and you know he's a big, you know he's a big built kind of guy. He's got a nice arm. I don't know. I don't see why the Giants. I don't want the Giants to pass up on Haskins. A because I think he's a good fit for them, and B I don't want like Miami to get him because if he drops all the way to Miami, then the Miami now is their quarterback to the future. And obviously, we don't want that. We're Jet fans. We don't want that. Yeah. But that's what's going on with the Giants right now, other than the Sterling Shepard, the Sterling Shepard extension. So many re- revolving doors going around with their draft stat, with their draft status. They have two, they have two first round picks now. You remember? So 
who knows? Maybe they pick a Drew Locke or a Dwayne Haskins with the sixth pick, and then 17, they maybe go out and pick a pass rusher because they probably they need help on defense. I don't think any doubt. I don't think there's any doubt about it. With one of those picks, they're going to pick a defensive player. No, they have to. And, yeah. and like we've said hundreds and hundreds of times on here, it's such a heavy defensive draft mm-hmm. that you could pick a defensive player in the late first round, early second early round, early second round, and still get a game ready player. Yeah. So absolutely hit it right on the head. Hit it right on the head. But, so. Go ahead. I was going to say, you have No, anything? no. I'm good. You sure? I'm good. Positive. I'm very good. Continue. We got to wrap this up. We got yeah. to get you to play MLB The Show. <laughs> Moving to our favorite of the New York football teams. Favorite New York, New York sports team. Eh, Rangers are still up there. I don't watch as Do much. Do you have season tickets to the Rangers? I don't think so. You coach. Coax me into it. That's right. It was <laughs> um, your idea to get season tickets. But anyway. Yesterday, the Jets signed former Packers and Ravens running back Ty Montgomery to a one-year deal. <coughs> I think it's a good move. It's okay. doesn't really do anything for me. I like it. They so lost. you would have rather had Spencer Ware. I, yeah, just because, like, I, I, I don't know. I feel like the whole... Kansas City running backs, like I feel like they're all the same. Mm. Um, going back to when Kareem Hunt was a Kansas City, you even say Jamal Charles back in the day. Jamal Charles, Spencer Ware, uh, Kendrick. I think his name's Kendrick West. Shark Kendrick West. Shark Kendrick West. Um, they all play the same style of football, and I really Anthony like, Thomas. I yeah, and I really just. I like the whole running back scheme in Kansas City, and I was hoping to bring some of that to New York uh-huh. for the Jets. But hey, but, we got Le'Veon Bell, so hey. Yeah, you have Le'Veon Bell. He's obviously the guy that they drafted, whether it was Trenton uh, Cannon last year. Not, not drafted, I'm sorry. Um, signed this year in free agency. Ty Montgomery or um, Spencer Ware. Was going to be either a backup or a return specialist because we also they're gonna. I think Ty Montgomery will play both. Yeah, and I don't mind. He played return specialist in in Green Green Bay, Bay. Um, so he's got a feel for that. Mm -hmm. Um, Was a former receiver in college too, so he has receiving experience. He's a former wide receiver, so. I don't know. It's I, I like it. It doesn't like do much. It doesn't do much for me. He's a backup player. He's a special teams player. I mean, after getting Mosley and getting um, Cooley, Bell, all this offseason, it kind of like anything that we sign now is it's okay. Like, all right, we got our we got our core guys. We got our big guys. So okay. whatever will help the team, right? I want to talk about the draft pick. Number three overall. Apparently, they want to badly. Mike McCagnan wants to badly shop this pick. I think it's all for publicity. Could him, be him saying that he. Wants he could be to, pulling the wool over our eyes. I, I still think there is a chance that they do actually trade down. Mm-hmm. But I don't think Mike McCagnan really wants to badly. Mm. I think it's more for for some publicity and and to see what kind of offers come in. So, 
let's talk about one of those possible off- offers. We talked about this last night a little bit. I want to talk about it more now. My friend Pat McGowan, big Seahawk fan. He's very worried that they don't want that they're not going to pay Russell Wilson, which if you're a Seattle Seahawks fan listening to this by any chance, uh, I'd be scared too. Honestly, I'd be really scared that the Russell Wilson's not going to come back. Let's say Frank Clark has been in the news for Seattle that he's, you know, he doesn't want to be franchise tagged, but they're looking to tag him and trade him. So, Jets need a pass rusher. After this, Seahawks need a pass rusher, and they need to pay their quarterback. Jets trade the number three overall pick to Seattle for 21st overall and Frank Clark. In that case scenario, the Jets get their pass rusher. They have some money to pay him. The Seahawks can draft a Josh Allen or Nick Bosa. Have another stud pass rusher that they don't have to worry about paying for four to five years. And then you could pay Russell Wilson. Thoughts? Mr. Host? I mean, it definitely makes sense. Mm-hmm. Definitely is something that if I were Mike McCagnon, I would consider. Mm-hmm. But me not being Mike McCagnon, I... I want my draft pick. Mm-hmm. I want the third overall draft pick. Right. Uh, I want Josh Allen. I want Nick Bosa. I want one of them. Could we get both? <laughs> trade Sam Darnold. <clears throat> oh, uh, dude, to, no! Stop that! No, trade Sam Darnold to uh, who's got the second overall pick? Is it Raiders. Yeah. Stop they, that! They want a quarterback. Stop that! No, they have Derek Carr. Stop that! Joking. That is Joking. terrible. It's not happening. I don't want that to happen. If it happens, it's your fault. Yeah, it we'll chop your head off live on the air. <laughs> Jesus. Say that. But I do. I want, I I really want to keep that third overall pick. Okay. And if they do trade down, they do. I just hope it's for the right thing and for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I were Mike McCagnon, I'd keep that third-round pick. I think this year is a huge year for defensive players, and we need some defensive help here and there. Right. We have we have a huge core of young defensive players that mm-hmm. are ready and hungry to play. Um, I think we just uh, I think we need one or two more pieces on that defensive end. To really Absolutely, have an elite defense. Mm-hmm. Anything else? Can we touch on the whole Lakers situation real quick? Sure. Magic Johnson steps down without even telling Jeannie Buss, the owner. What? I'm sorry. And then Luke Walton gets fired today. This is all LeBron's fault. <laughs> it's always LeBron. It is. It is. I I, I agree. Like, LeBron's going to bring in Tyron Lue, who is his coach in Cleveland. The guy's literally just standing there just... To make LeBron look good, kind of. He's not even a coach. He doesn't even coach. Luke Walton better find a good job and form a good team. I'm sorry. I'm just going to say this. I don't care how it's perceived. At this point in his career, LeBron is not worth this. I'm sorry. He's He's not even the best player in the league right now. I'm sorry. He's not worth all this trouble. Like, the Lakers are such a proud, prestige organization. 
Now they're a joke. Mm-hmm. Because of LeBron. LeBron got his coach fired. His own president of basketball operations, a Laker legend in Magic Johnson, said he wasn't having fun anymore. He'd rather have fun doing something else. He didn't feel that way last year, two years ago, when LeBron was not here. I'm sorry, LeBron gets coaches fired, and for that matter, presidents fired. I'm sorry, I love LeBron more than the next guy, but at this point in his career, he's not worth it. I'm sorry. That just shows you the Lakers didn't make the playoffs. They didn't have a competent team this year. Not at all. To make the playoffs. I'm sorry. It's just not worth it. It's not worth it. Sorry, but Michael Jordan's still the goat in my mind. You can't change my mind. I Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan did not have to change teams three times to win titles. I'm sorry, he did it all on his own. Well, he didn't do it all on his own. Scottie Pippen, Dennis Rodman. Mm -hmm. He had legendary head coach as well. But Michael Jordan is the best player of all time. It's not even close in my mind. Still, even though LeBron's done what he's done, I'm sorry, it's not even close. Still, Jordan did it while he had players and coaches doing their job around him. Plus, I think in Michael Jordan's not, era... Not not Michael Jordan doing the jobs for them. Yeah. And in Michael Jordan's era in playing basketball, teams were a lot tougher back then playing defensive, defensively speaking. You know, there's no defense being played in the NBA anymore. It just doesn't happen. No. But, hey... That's uh, it's it. You know, it just sucks to see because the Lakers are such a proud organization. They're part of the history of the NBA and what they are. And LeBron just comes in here and just takes everything over, like he does, and like he does anywhere else. That's I mean, back then when LeBron was available, like when he made the decision, of course I wanted him in New York. But right now, go scratch. I'll build my team from the ground up. Especially getting Kevin Durant, who's, you know. And hopefully Zion. Hopefully. Hopefully. But. All right. We're almost out of time here. Mm Mm-hmm. So, let's start wrapping things up. Let's wrap it up, Joe. I think we have one more quick little thing. Of course. Right? Right? Yeah. You going to say it or what? I didn't know if you wanted me to say uh, it or you wanted yeah, to say yeah. it. Are you the host today? Okay, fine. We're going to do, Lord. on this day in sports history. All right, you, re- you ready for it? Go ahead. You ready? In 1958, Bob Pettit scored 50 points to lead the St. Louis Hawks to a 110-109 victory over the Boston Celtics and an NBA championship. The win avenged the Hawks' loss to the Celtics in the finals the previous year. Now I have a trivia question for you, Joe. On mm, Let's see, which one do I want to give you? Okay. On April 15, 1997, uh-huh. the very year we were born, Major League Baseball honored Jackie Robinson by retiring his jersey number throughout the league. What number is that? 42. Very good, Joe. Was that trying to embarrass me? or like? I, I was just hoping you'd know it. Otherwise, I would literally have to blast you on, on the air. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, Joe. I will be quiet. 
Are you sure? I will be quiet now. You, sure you don't want to like do it real quick. No. Nope. You want it? Do you? No. You know what, Nick? Yes, Joe. Why don't you close us out? I will surely do that. God. Thank you guys so much for listening. Of course, as always, this was a weird position for me being in the co-host chair. It feels very awkward for me. Show will be back to normal next on uh, on Friday. I gotta be honest, this really does feel awkward for me. It does. It does. It is weird. It is weird. We'll be back to our normally scheduled programming on Friday. And uh yeah, I know Joe's gonna end the show anyway, so uh I will end it there. Thank you so much for listening. Love all our fans. Follow us on Twitter at Tristate underscore beat for all your content and all that stuff I say in the description anyway. So uh yeah. Go Nets, go Islanders. Let's go all Tri State Sports teams. Let's let's go everybody that's still playing. It's great. Go ahead, officially wrap us out now. All right, thank you guys and everything. <laughs> I'm only kidding. No, you you're not. No, you did a great job being co-host. So I weird. I learned I learned so... that being host is a has a lot more to it than <sighs> just leaning over in the power chair and yeah. speaking what you think. That's right. There's a lot of a lot of little things that you can't go on too long. We only have two minutes. Saying. No, I'm, no, I'm giving you credit. I'm giving I you know. credit. It, it, I know. It is a lot harder than I thought it was. Thank you. Appreciate that. Appreciate you uh, taking your time and saying that. It really does mean a lot. I got you. You're a good guy. And if you guys didn't know, Nick was on a TV show. Oh, I was. A sports TV show. Kind of. <laughs> kind of. It's, it's newer, but... You could you could also try to plug that. Yeah, Lounger with Lloyd. It's a CCM production. My uh, my one of my friends in my uh, sports journalism class is running his own uh, television show now. He's putting it on YouTube, I think. And I was a guest ho- uh, guest on his show. It's really cool in front of three cameras. Being a little, it was a little scary, but hey, I'm not used to that. But it was cool. It was I'll, awesome. I will definitely be back on. Yeah. I think in the future we will definitely put up content from that show if I'm allowed to. So yeah. we'll okay. see what happens really cool but like nick said thank you guys um love having you guys listen mountain view california and all our fans thank you always always but that wraps it up here uh listen keep listening we're always going to be here every friday and sunday always friday and monday because you put it up on monday whenever it goes up but thank you guys again catch you guys later and let's go islanders eh if you want to interact with us follow us on twitter at tristate underscore beat also if you want to make an appearance on the show send us a message on the anchor app thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time start spreading the news i'm leaving today i want to be a part of it New York, New York, start spreading the news.